In today's show, we're looking at the games from Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are here to look at Wednesday's action across the NBA. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, news that we're going to look at. Matisse Thibel, ineligible to play in Toronto. That means he's not vaccinated, so he can't play in that game. Um, tomorrow, that means if they play in the playoffs, he won't be able to play any of those games in Toronto, which, of course, is very, very far from ideal for Philadelphia. With Thibel out, you're going to get more Danny Green, more Shake Milton, more George Niang, more Furkan Korkmaz, probably. I wouldn't say that any of them become streamers. Maybe you stream Green for some steals. Maybe you try Milton if you need some threes, but I reckon you're going to find better options out there. Um, Thibault's only been playing like between like 18 and 24 minutes most of these nights, so it's not like it's a huge load that needs to be spread around, but he will not play. Also, need to watch for rests for Boston. They played today. It doesn't seem like Al Horford is going to play on Thursday, and then Tatum and Brown, they were game-time decisions before today's game. So you would think there is at least some doubt in them playing, but I'd be pretty, pretty surprised if Horford plays. That means that Tyson, Grant Williams get a little bit of a boost there, and they might actually have some stream value. LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook are all listed questionable for the Lakers. I highly, highly doubt any of them play. Westbrook's got a you know, phantom shoulder soreness. Davis's foot is legitimately hurt, and LeBron's ankle is legitimately hurt. I would be... Absolutely staggered if they those three played. That means Malik Monk would get the boost. Dwight Howard gets a boost. But Vogel and his rotations are so unpredictable that it's hard to really key in on anybody. Maybe it's Stanley Johnson. Maybe Trevor Ariza. Maybe they resurrect Kent Bazemore. Maybe Mason Jones gets in and plays minutes. There's so many weird things that Frank Vogel can do um, that it's hard to really pin down anything, basically, until we get a starting lineup. Yeah, I think Stan Johnson, maybe. Malik Monk, yes. Reeves, maybe, maybe DJ Augustin, but I don't know. The Raptors are also looking at resting some players as we move forward, whether that's, this is a back-to-back for them, first game of a back-to-back on Thursday. So Van Vliet and Anobi, you're probably going to sit some time there. Gary Trent's been having those toe issues. Siakam, maybe he gets some time off. So just watch those guys, which means that the value of Achua and Chris Boucher in particular really get ramped up in those games that those guys miss so just pay some attention to that over the coming over the coming days over the coming uh, yeah I was going to say weeks but no over the coming days is all we need to look at let's look at that first game though today it was the Dallas Mavericks taking care of business TCB against the Detroit Pistons 131 113 the final score there Brunson was great again 35 minutes 24 6 and 3 He's really settled. He sort of dropped a little bit when Dinwiddie arrived, but he's sort of settled back into a pretty strong role while uh, Doncic had 26, 8, and 14. Rough shooting night from Donch. 39 from the field and 62 from the line. That really hurts. But he had 54 fantasy points. And Finney Smith 
had 13 with three threes. Not his best night, but still sort of hanging around that back-end area. Dwight Powell got into some foul trouble, but they still played him 30 minutes with Muxy Kleber out. 9-7, and seven, 100% from the field. He's been a great field goal percentage stream. He's had some interesting scoring nights at times. He probably is a 12-team league guy. I say that as he's a top 80 guy over the last two weeks, but it's very hard to get too excited there. While Bullock hit threes, three of them, and that's all he did. He had nine points, all from those threes, and really nothing else. Well, Dinwiddie's value is in the, in the toilet. It's not good. 13-4-3. and three. You can hold him, no problem. You can also drop him and feel okay about it, I think. I just don't think that what he's doing at the moment is worth holding on to. Not much else there with the Dallas side of things. For the Pistons, Cade Cunningham, I didn't even think he'd play, but he came back, and then they didn't bench him. He played 38 minutes. 25-7-9, two steals and a block. Huge. The Flamin' Galar, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. 25, 7, and 9, two steals, and a... Oh, so that was Kate. Uh, 19 and 14 with three threes. Stewart taking threes now. And the numbers for him are starting to improve after a rough start to the year. While Killian Hayes got his 30 minutes, had 11, 4, and 2 with two steals. We hope that we don't have to see Corey Joseph or Bagley or these guys play again, and we can see Cunningham and Stewart and Hayes really start to develop more. Um, but that's no guarantee. The locksmith, Braxton Key. Hey, look at him. 14 and 5, one steal, three blocks. Absolutely some streaming value for Key. That is going to depend on the status of Olenek and Bagley and Joseph, but interesting. Um, Frank Jackson moved to the bench with Cunningham returning, while Carson Edwards, who had that really strong game first game up, which was fluky, and then he dropped a 10 trillion here. So yeah, he's not good. He's not an NBA player, and yeah, there's no reason to add him. This was also an absolutely stinking performance from the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. Seven points on 9% shooting. Nine. Very rarely do you have a game where your total points scored is almost equivalent to your field goal percentage. Seven on 9%. <clears throat> he did also have five assists, which is pretty random. He struggled a bit of late. Not a top 100 player for the year. 161st over the last two weeks. Jamorco Pickett was also okay here. 10 points in 20. But yeah, I'd rather probably stream someone like a Braxton Key versus a Pickett, who I think, again, I thought Key was, was fairly impressive in this game in those minutes. I'm not sure there's um, scope for him to get into a full large role, but hey, he was pretty good in this game. And BetOnline is also pretty good because BetOnline has your number one, or is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all different leagues this season. You can go and have a look at odds for tomorrow's Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Lakers game, which I don't think any of those players for the Lakers are going to play. The Warriors currently are 12 and a half point favorites. This could be a 30 point game, to be fair. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a gigantic blowout. So, you can check all that out at betonline.com. It's your continued source, betonline.net, sorry. It's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Game two. The Knicks looked like they were going to embarrass the Nets in this game. They were up huge. And then they absolutely choked it away and scored 31 points in the second half. Shout out Tom Thibodeau. Brooklyn 110, the Knicks 98, the final score. Durant and Irving had to play a lot. Some would say too much. 42 minutes for Durant and 43 for Irving. KD had 32, a 10 and 11, one steal, two blocks, huge from him. <clears throat> well, Irving had 24, 8 and 7 and three steals. He was rough early on, but some good numbers in the end. And finally, finally, Pat Mills. Now, I've talked about him ad nauseum on the streaming shows. At some point, the shots are going to go in. At some point, he's going to have 15 points with five threes. I think I said that yesterday, like that exact quote. He had 15 points with five threes. He's been really bad of late, but there's always that three-point upside there. 
Seth Curry returned and had 15 with three triples. Well, Drummond only 18 minutes, and they went with the three centers, in play, including playing two of them at once. And Steve Nash was like, oh, yeah, like, we had to go away from the two centers. It didn't work. Like, no shit. It was never going to work. I don't know what made you think it was going to work. Um, and then they went away from it, and they flew. They exploded. Drummond, four and nine. A steal on the blocks. 18 minutes is rough. Claxton had eight and seven in 23. Not much there, while Aldridge played six minutes. Don't add Aldridge. Claxton's very fringy for 12, probably not even a 12. And Drummond's actually a little bit fringy as well, although I probably would hold on to Drummo. Brucey Brown only had the five points, so that's a little bit rough, but he blocked a shot. He had seven rebounds and five assists. And despite this being somewhat of a poor game from Bruce Brown, I would hold on to him. For the Knicks, Obi Toppin, 43 minutes. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. There's one thing about Tom Thibodeau. As long as you play with the starters, generally, you're going to play big minutes. And it doesn't really seem to matter who it is. But that's great. Because Toppin's a must-roster player. 19-5, two threes, a steal, three blocks. Really good numbers for him. Don't get overhyped about what happens next season, but that was good. And Alec Burks, 38 minutes. Always got to rely upon him for, th- for you know, 38 minutes. That's how you win games, clearly. 24-4 with four threes for Burks. He's a top 50 player over the last two weeks. While with Mitchie Robinson being a late withdrawal, Jericho Sims, 35 minutes for the big fella. 10 and 13 with a steal and three blocks. If Robinson, who's out with an illness, remains out, then Sims is a 12-team league player. Fournier isn't. He had eight points in 29 minutes, while Emmanuel quickly just barely played, which is frustrating as shit because he's been great. Now, he wasn't good here. Six points on 13%, but five assists, but only 26 minutes. Just give the dude 30. Like, I don't need to see any of this other bullshit you're throwing out there. And then RJ Barrett. In a game they lost by, what was it, 13 points? He played 45 minutes. Thomas. Thibodeau, can you, I'm sorry kids, can you fucking calm down? 45 minutes. I'm sure people that have Barrett in their fantasy leagues were pleased to see him shoot 26% and 58% from the line on 12 attempts, almost completely ruining both those categories. Not that Tom Thibodeau cares about fantasy, and he should not. But 45 minutes, when you can't make the playoffs in a game that you end up losing by 12, is literal insanity. It is craziness to do that. Oh, yeah, and it's not like RJ Barrett already got hurt in a game that was decided by playing extra minutes. It didn't happen already this year. This guy's a moron, honestly. But 23-7-7, oh, that's nice counting stats. Just the efficiency is horrendous and the lack of defensive stats. For all of the good that RJ Barrett has done this year, I bet that nobody here will guess that he's the 194th ranked player in fantasy. In categories. Like that, he just is bad at category league fantasy. He's, he's bad at it because of so many... You, ha- you, you can use him, no problem. But you have to really tailor your team because you know that there's going to be some big volume nights that hurt your field goals and free throws and the complete lack of defensive stats actually hurts him as well. And that's what we're currently seeing. You know, do those numbers not lie? I don't think so. Next game. Wizards, Hawks. Um, good win for Atlanta, 118-103 in the end. So that's a good win for Atlanta. They needed that. How about um, how about Kristaps? Percentages. 32 minutes, 26 and 18, four threes, one steal, two blocks. He's 18th over the last two weeks. I think I said at the time of the trade, I don't expect him to play. I, I know I said that. So he's got a bone bruise. I don't think they're going to play him. There's no need. But I said, if they do play him on a per-game basis, he could easily be a top 20 guy without Beal. Well, not only is he doing it on a per-game basis, but he's just playing every game. I don't think he's going to be able to do this for a full season, obviously. But holy shit. Like, these are big numbers. Oh, yeah, and also the pattern of their point guards, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Ishmith had played 30 in a row. Today, he played 23. He still had 9, 2, and 6 with two steals and a block, and that's totally useful. 
but there's no predictability with anything they do there. Rui Hachimura was just honestly just bad again. 32 minutes, 9 and 6. No threes, no assists, no steals, no blocks. A horrible, horrible category league fantasy guy. Really only if you need points do you get him. And even then, he's not producing. Sadoransky had 5 assists. He's still useful for that. And Abdia had 9, 7 and 6 in 34 minutes. Again, I'll ask the question. I have no idea what Rui Hachimura has done to show that he should be prioritized over someone like Denny Abdia. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, and here we are. Abdiya's got some 12-team value. Just the frustration yeah, is there in the minutes at times or the role. Last game, we saw Gafford and Porzingis play together. We really didn't see that today. He played just 14 minutes, Dan. He had 12 and 1. 1. But he had a steal and a block. Um, look, if he was going to play 30 and 9, he's a 12-team guy. But we just didn't have faith in that, obviously. And yeah, not having faith in that was obviously the right decision. But the Hawks, 37 minutes for Trey Young. 30 and 11, big game there. While the Italian cock... Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock. Ah, hands on it. 26 and 10 with four triples in 39 minutes. With John Collins out, he was playing great, then got hurt, then came off the bench so they could play Timote Luau Cabro for some reason. Today, they said, nah, Gallinari's back starting. Cabro's out of the rotation. And here we are. It's risky to trust Gallinari, but I think you've got to add him. Bogdanovich had 18 points, all from three with four assists. Wakapala, 19 and seven. And uh, DeAndre Hunter just farted their mouths again. He RJ Barrett at his way to 23% shooting and 67 from the line. He did have a steal on a block, but he continues to be a gigantic disappointment. 221st ranked player this season. Herder was worse. He's worse today for sure. Five points on 22%, 29 minutes. I don't think that Kevin Herder has got a future as a top 100 guy. In fact, he's not even a top 150 guy this season. He still probably can be held for now just because the extra minutes are there because of Collins. But long-term, I don't know. I don't really think that I believe in him massively as a future top 100 consistent producer for fantasy. Let's go to the next game. The Boston Celtics blow out the Chicago Bulls. That means the Bulls have won one game against the top four seeds in the East, and that was back in December. It's not that they keep losing to good teams. It's that they're not even remotely competitive. They lose. I think they've lost their last five games against the top four seeds by over 20 points. They get blown out every single game. And I know people say, oh, they've got injuries. A lot of teams have had injuries. A lot have had them. And the Bulls are just really bad at the moment. Like they're just... Will they even win a single game in the playoffs? That's That has to be a question at this point. They're really bad at the moment. Horford just dominated Vooch in this one. 17 and 10, two steals and a block. Jalen had 25, 7 and 4 with four steals. And Tatum had 16, 10 and 8. Shot horribly, 28 and 71 from the field and from the line, but good counting stats. Daniel Tice was solid, 15 and 6, and could be value for him for tomorrow if Horford does sit. While Williams had 5 and 2. The triple one is useful, but that's about it. Peyton Pritchard did his thing. Talked about him on the streaming show. If you want threes, he can give you three of them. He did that. Nine points with, with three of them there, while Derek White struggled. 10, 1, and 3 in 23 minutes. I think I would hold White because of the back-to-back and because some of those guys might sit. But after that, I wouldn't bother holding on to him in most cases. For the Bulls, they did bring Zach Levine back. He's just not right, is he? 27 minutes, 7 points, 22%, 2 rebounds, 4 assists, didn't hit a 3. Rough stuff from him. They started with Caruso out with a back issue. They started Pat Williams, and he'd played three good games in a row, and then served up this 5-5 and nothing else. No threes, no assists, no steals, no blocks. Shot poorly from the field and from the line. That's just a bad performance. He was looking like at least a defensive stat stream. I think he could still probably go that way, but this is just a reminder to not get too ahead of ourselves. 
onto the big fella in the middle. It's Vosa, it's big Vosasip, Vosavich. Yeah, he looks, um, he doesn't look good at the moment, does he? 13 and seven, 39% shooting, 25 minutes. He's getting cooked every game at, at this point, and I just, he just looks bad, and I don't really know what we do with it at the moment. He had that horrible start, really hot middle stretch, and then he's really cooled off at the moment. Well, DeRozan also couldn't get his shots to fall. 16, 2-5, and 38% from the field, and 75 from the line. One of my Watfos that I did early in the year was, will DeMar DeRozan be top 15? He's 18th at the moment. It's coming down to the wire. Ayo Desunmu played 23 minutes, 7-2-3. and three. The uh, bloom is off that rose. He's outside the top 200. He had that stretch when a lot of guys were out. You don't need to be holding on to him. Um, Billy Donovan also decided to go back to playing Thompson and Vooch together for a little bit of time, and obviously that didn't work well because it was never going to work well, and in no iteration of modern basketball will it work well. Javante Green got some defensive stats, a steal and two blocks, while Kobe White also got two steals, but I wouldn't be looking at those guys and going, yeah, they're the, uh, they're the blokes that we're really looking for here to... Um, you know, to add into our fantasy squad or to get excited about. It. I just, I don't, I don't see it. It was, it was good to get those defensive stats going. But apart from that, I, I wouldn't be getting too, um, wouldn't be getting too excited about anything they're going to bring in the future. The next game is absolutely one that we don't need to get too excited about. And that is the Utah Jazz, despite everyone being out, absolutely smashing the Thunder. 137-101. The Thunder, of course, again, sat Maladon, Pokashevsky, and Wiggins. They have waived the incantation. Olivier Saar. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. I didn't know what would happen here with Pokashevsky and Maladon, whether they would play or not. That's two games they've sat in a row. I think you've got to consider dropping. They could easily come back. It's very hard to read, but I think you, you do drop them. And a lot of people are just losing their mind about this. The Thunder need to be fined and penalized draft picks is so disgusting. Like, so, I'm sorry, kids. It's Theo fucking Maladon. Do we? Oh, it's a disservice to the fans. Is there that much of a difference? Yes, there is. But between Vic Krejci and Teo Maladon, is it actually that egregious to sit these guys for three games to end the year? I understand what they're trying to do. The system rewards it with the tanking. But it's not like some incredibly disgusting... Plot. These aren't guys that are drawing the fans in person. I wouldn't have thought so anyway. Yeah, I'd love to see Poku out there, but I think most of this is coming from fantasy people who are just, yeah, oh my God, I've got Poku in my championship week. Do not play fantasy in April. And yeah, they're upset about this. And I, I get that. It's frustrating. This is exactly why you don't play at this point of the year though. Jalen Horde, 36 minutes, 23 points, five threes. Now Jalen Horde is not this player in general. He's had two 20 rebound games and then he has five in this one. That's impossible to project. His usage is up where it's never going to be there at any other point in his career. But stream him in, sure. Roby, 26 minutes, 18, 5, and 5. He's getting minutes. Robinson Earl scored 18. I wouldn't bother with him. Krejci, 9, 6, and 6. He's a good assist and steals guy. There's 12-team value in him. Xavier Simpson, only 4 points, because let's be honest, he's not very good. But 11 assists and 3 steals. That's useful. Well, Georgios Kalatsakis, he's actually got the title of the worst starter in the NBA at the moment. 11 points with 2 steals for him. Um, again, the minutes help him. But, I, I don't know. Lindy Waters had 10 points and 3 triples. And Melvin Frazier, who was signed today... Had eight and five with 33 minutes, 27% shooting, because he also is not good. So you're like, you're just rolling the dice. Do I add Kalatsakis? Do I add Simpson? Do I add Waters? Do I add Frazier? I'd feel okay with Horde and Krejci, but that, the other guys is just a toss up. And yeah, people are, were pissed about Olivier Saar. Like, oh, how can this team do this and wave Olivier? Like, it's Olivier Saar. I know he put up good numbers, but it's Olivier Saar. And what Mark Dagnot said before the. Um, a game about why they waved him. They said, initially what we wanted to do with our two-way spots 
is cycle through and see who could come in, who could provide us good value, could we unearth someone, that sort of idea. And they said, when Jeremiah Robinson Earl went down, we just hung on to Olivier Saar because we needed that that other big man to, to come in and help soak up some of those minutes. So that's why he stayed around. Robinson Earl came back. They're using this now to try out guys like Melvin Frazier, who I believe has been playing in their G League team. So they um, so they wave Saar. Look, again, Olivier Saar is not an NBA star, all-star, sub-all-star, starter, even rotation player in the future, I don't believe. He had some good games, but this team, again, it's, it's nothing at the moment. And he's putting up numbers on, on nothing squads. So I don't think it should be investigated because they waived Olivier Saar. Like, plenty of teams make significantly worse moves every single season. But Saar is gone, and that was the explanation that Dagnote gave. On to the Jazz, who were without Conley, O'Neal, and Don Mitchell, and then they lost Trent Forrest in the first half. Bogdanovich took the shots, 27 points, but got to the line, more importantly, 12 times for 11 to 12 there. Gobert had 20 and 10, and Clarkson had 18 with 10 assists. Good games from those guys. That's not a surprise. Whiteside, again, showing he's a great big man streamer. 15 and 11 and five blocks. Even Rudy Gay got in the mix, 12 and 8. And Daniel House started and had 14 points with four threes. And Jared Butler, only seven points on 23%, which is rough, but six rebounds, 10 assists, and three steals. I like Jared Butler. I think he's a future rotation player, but... I don't think we need to be streaming him in. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker, holy shit, how the mighty have fallen. And by the mighty, I mean someone that we took around pick 100 in fantasy drafts, thinking he could have a role. And now he's literally like, I go, is he even an NBA player? I don't even know. Nine points in 14 minutes with O'Neal, Conley, Mitchell, and Forrest out. Ugh, gross. Uh, Hernan Gomez only had four points in his 17 minutes, and he's obviously not much of a fantasy option at this point. All right, let's do the last game of the night. The Phoenix Suns, uh, they came real close to beating the Clippers. The score was 113-109. The Clippers were up 39 points. The Suns scored 31 points in the first half and then dropped whatever the difference is there, 78 in the second half. Just another wild comeback game. Um, The Clippers do pull it out in the end. The Suns were without Ayton, Crowder, Booker, and Paul. So we get big games from Bismack Biombo, 14 and 12. He's done it a few times this year, but are the Suns going to actually rest anyone in any other games? I don't know. Ish Wainwright went bananas, 20 and 8, 4 assists, 3 steals and 4 triples. He's never going to do this ever again, probably. And I don't even think he's going to have the opportunity with these mass rests, but it was great. Aaron Holiday, 16, 6 and 7, a strong game. They actually, yeah, they sat those guys, but they also... Um, Played uh, Mikael Bridges just 22 minutes. He had 9-3. and three. Campaign played just 22 minutes, 13-4-4. Four, four. They weren't playing well, but this was just... It's a weird game. Like, I don't know what we get out of it. Cam Johnson had 7 points in 32 minutes on 23%. He had 2 steals and a block, so that's nice. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy, and I don't, I don't think there's... Again, I don't really think we're going to have this scenario for the Suns in any of these other games. They'll play those guys to keep them in a little bit of rhythm, would be my guess. For the Clippers, Norman Powell returned and went bananas. I wasn't. I didn't think he'd play full minutes. He didn't. I didn't think he'd get to 23, but he did. And then he went crazy. 30% usage, 24 points, 60% from the field, and 9 of 10 from the line. Now, that is insane. It's an insane combination of efficiency, free throw attempt rate, scoring, usage. In true Norm Power style, there's not anything else there. Four rebounds, zero assists, zero steals. It's on the back of insane shot making, which is not a thing that's going to happen at that level. Can you stream him in? Sure. But if he plays 22, 23 minutes a night for their remaining games, they've got two left. I'm not sure he's going to be worth it, even though this is an excellent game. Hartenstein struggled a bit with his shot. 
10 points on 30%, but seven rebounds, five assists, two blocks, two threes, continues to be useful. While Paulie George, only the 28 minutes, 19 and nine, three steals and a block. He's been off with his shot, we know that, but some other good numbers. With Powell returning, Terrence Mann played only 26, you can drop him. Batum played 22, you can drop him. Marcus Morris played 26, he had seven and four. I don't really think there's much point holding on to those guys. They're just too inconsistent to be must-roster guys. Reggie Jackson had 10 in his 30. Rough night from Reg. And obviously, you've got to be punting field goals to um, to be using him, but just not, not a great night in general for Reggie Jackson. Let's take it over to the monstrous line of the night, or the lines of the night in general. Your monstrous is Kevin Durant. Waverwire is the Italian cock. Dino Gallinari, young gut is Kate Cunningham, and your dart of the night, unfortunately, is Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. Top 10 players today. Number one is Durant, followed by Porzingis, Trey Young, Cade Cunningham, Al Horford, Paul George Gallinari, Alf Stewart, Kyrie Irving, and Ish Wainwright. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues is Gallinari. Yeah, he's worth a look. Wainwright, I doubt it. Jalen Horde, probably. Whiteside, maybe, if that's what you need. Obi Toppin, yes. Braxton Key, maybe. Uh, Rudy Gay, no. Josh Green's been playing really well, but probably not. Biombo, probably not. And Pat Mills, probably not as well. And then your top 10 players in points leagues, we're looking at Durant, Porzingis, Doncic, Jalen Brown, Cunningham, Irving, George, Tatum, Trey Young, and Hassan Whiteside. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.